ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Now, we have delved into the world of Christmas food this weekend with uh, Madeline Shanahan. She was great. But what do you do with the leftovers? Well, according to some very insightful listeners who shared their thoughts with us during the chat with Dr. Shanahan, the answer lies in turning those leftovers into a remarkable sandwich. Now, the sandwich, of course, you know the history of the sandwich back to the 18th century. Its roots in the ingenious idea of the fourth Earl of Sandwich, John Montague, who sought a greasy finger solution which was uh, something a bit different during a spirited gambling session. Well, you come forward to the present day, and sandwiches have become, of course, a global phenomenon. We all have them probably pretty much every day, evolving into diverse forms that cater to, well, everything. Cultural preferences, regional specialties. So joining from the west coast of America is Barry Enderwick, the mastermind behind the highly popular Sandwiches of History project on TikTok and Instagram. Well, he fearlessly explores vintage sandwich recipes, recreating them and sharing the results in pretty hilarious online clips. Hundreds of thousands of fans he's got, including our own producer, Alastair. And uh, Barry's videos are the best thing he says since... Are you ready? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? The best thing since... (laughs) Yes, sliced bread. And uh, Barry's on the line with us. Hi, thanks for joining us. Hi, Tim. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure, and uh, it's a fun subject. Just share the story with the listeners how you became, uh, if you like, a sandwich historian. Yeah, it's uh, quite accidental. Um, a friend of mine sent me a PDF of a, a sandwich recipe book called The Up-to-Date Sandwich Book that was published in 1909, which... That title is always hilarious to me because the minute you publish something, it becomes out of date. But um, he, he and I were talking back and forth and he said, you know, this would be kind of fun to do on social media. And he he's not one to do it. Uh, and he knew that I was. And so I thought, you know what, that would be kind of fun to just kind of explore. What did people eat in 1909? What were the sandwiches like? And yeah. so I started doing it. And uh, here we are. <laughs> so the origins of your posting, how far back does that go? Uh, I started posting in late 2018. Okay, yeah. Um, and it, it, it didn't really find any traction just because of the way in which I was um, presenting it. So I let it kind of sit for about six to nine months. And then I took some elements of it uh, from what I did on Instagram over to TikTok, and it blew up. And so I took that idea back to Instagram, and it's blown up. Yeah. Well, 4.6 million views, I'm told, on TikTok. So did you anticipate that sort of popularity? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm just a guy in the kitchen making sandwiches. Um, but apparently people like that. So yeah. I'm, oh, great. I'm grateful. No, people love food. So are you a foodie from your background? Uh, always enjoyed cooking or just come to you in recent times? Well, I mean, uh, as an adult, I really enjoyed cooking uh, and yeah. eating. <laughs> <clearly. laughs> um, but uh, growing up, I didn't really have a whole lot of um, culinary inspiration at home. Um, it was only until I met my uh, my significant other and her family who loved to cook uh, that my passion for cooking started to take off. So, yeah, it was probably my 20s when I started to think, hey, wait a sec, food can taste great. Yeah. <laughs> so, God, it's probably a hard question. How many sandwiches do you estimate you've created uh, in that entire time, all of those years? I, I think it's it's got to be north of 700. Wow. Wow. Cool. So uh, your recipes that you use, um, and as you say, they can be out of date in five minutes, are from vintage cookbooks, yeah? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So what makes the book, because there's so many of them, God, there's so many cookbooks, uh, worth checking out for you? Uh, if they have sandwich recipes, I'm in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a high bar. It's not a high bar, admittedly. But I mean, you know, if it's 1936, 1888, uh, just, it doesn't matter. If they have a sandwich recipe, I'm going to check it out and hopefully make some from it. Yeah, I have to say in this country and, uh, you know, people who are my vintage growing up, sandwiches were, well, they weren't all that creative. You know, we'd have things like, you know, Devon and tomato sauce. Devon's like a, a lunch meat. So, and, okay. you know, cheese and Vegemite. So our sandwiches weren't very creative, but sandwiches have become, oh, gee, almost an art form now, Barry. Oh, absolutely. They, they, I mean, sandwiches, you can put, you can cross cuisines, cultures, textures. It's just, you can do so much in between two slices of bread and it's portable. Like, yeah, that's I, it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so is there a certain quality that makes you gravitate towards a cookbook about sandwiches because as i say there, there would be so many um you know i just i, I like to I explore combinations that we don't see today mm. like for example in a lot of uh, uh cookbooks from the early 1900s here in america they used a lot of nuts in sandwiches like walnuts almonds did they uh oh, and, yeah. that, and that's not really something you see today um, no it's not so i thought that was pretty fascinating What's the... uh, but yeah, anything that's quirky and eclectic yeah. definitely has uh, piques my interest a little bit more than just the regular. What would be the most rare book in your collection? How far back? Well, you know, I, I think I've uh, the the one that I've accessed. I don't have the actual book, but it was seventeen seventy seven, I believe. Yeah, uh, and the recipe Gee. was quite simple. It was sandwich, and it was just beef between two slices of bread. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. well, that's it. They used to be, well, I suppose plain is the word, but goodness me. Now, well, when we started this conversation, and uh, of course it's Christmas time, so uh, here, and I'm, I'm sure there, um, there'll be mm-hmm. a lot of leftovers, mostly ham and turkey. And one of my listeners, and as soon as he said it, I thought, wow, that sounds great. He said, what about a turkey with soft cheese and cranberry sauce? And I thought, well, yummo. I mean, that's, that's not all that yeah. creative, but it's very simple, but very beautiful. Absolutely. Um, you know, for, for me, one of the <laughs> surprising sandwiches was, uh, and this, this is, I do sandwiches of recent history. I do sandwiches of our history where I try to capture sandwiches that are passed down within families that yeah. may not be in a, a cookbook. Um, and then I'll do stuff from TV shows or movies. And I did the one from friends, uh, the TV show about those folks in New York hanging out and clearly not working at jobs that could afford their lifestyle. Um, <laughs> but there was a, 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 a sandwich called the Moist Maker, which one of the characters' sisters made uh, with leftover from the Thanksgiving dinner, which is turkey, uh, mashed potatoes, stuffing, that sort of stuff. Uh, and it is just, it's one of my favorite sandwiches. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and involve, and involve, it involves a middle layer of bread that you soak in gravy. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. No, it's, mm. it's, worth, uh, it's worth exploring. Well, you know, it's it's interesting about uh, what you like and what you don't like on sandwiches. A lot of people like hell of a lot of, uh, well, uh, ingredients, if you like, on the sandwich. And I, I must say, I'm a bit yeah. simple. None of my family members, I've told my listeners, are really big on, on turkey and ham. When we did have ham, I mean, I'm just partial to, uh, it's just the ham and a little bit of hot English mustard on some sourdough bread. And that in itself is just a, a yummo sandwich. Absolutely. I, you know, one of the things I 
I look for when I'm, you know, looking when I'm eating a sandwich that's not involved with sandwiches of history is I want balance. You can have five ingredients in there. You can have two ingredients in there. I just want a good contrast or complement of flavors. I want a good balance within the sandwich. Uh, I'm not about having massive sandwiches with 20 ingredients and you know, no, none no. of it goes together. No, no, it's too daunting, isn't it? Okay, a, a, a few examples. Um, see, I didn't know this one. Uh, the mock banana sandwich from World War Two. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. That actually worked out pretty well. It's um, apparently uh, banana sandwiches in the UK were popular. I, they may still be. Mm. Um, but during World War II, obviously, getting bananas to the UK might have been a little bit difficult. Uh, <laughs> so what someone came up with was boiling peeled parsnips and then mashing it together with a little sugar and banana essence, which is basically banana extract. Right. And I got to tell you, I have to tell you, it's not that far off from an actual mashed banana. It was tasty. Wow. You know, I yes. uh, my memory got tweaked too when the listeners started uh, giving me their recipes, if you like, or ingredients for a sandwich. Mm-hmm. I was I went to New York and at some time ago, and I had to have, and you might be able to tell me the the name of the of the shop. I had to have one of your famous uh, Reuben sandwiches, which is oh, yes. which is pastrami, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh my! And, go- and oh my goodness! Swiss cheese. And, yeah, yeah. It's it. It is such a. a just an explosion of flavor and the rye bread. Is, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah. and I, I couldn't tell you where you got it because so many places. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, and I can't remember either. It was uh, considered to be like a really famous and it was packed. Let me tell you, absolutely full of people when, oh, you, when we were there. Yeah. Probably where cats is, cats is. Dying. That's it. You got it. That's it. Yep. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. You got it. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> what about, um, well, the role of sandwiches in shaping uh, sort of a culinary tradition because, uh, and a cultural tradition, because as you say, I mean, goodness me, there probably wouldn't be, there'd be hardly anyone that didn't have at least a sandwich a couple of times a week, maybe every day. Yeah, no, it's, it's the ultimate convenience food. You can take it and go, <laughs> or you can, and you can eat it anywhere. So it, it's one of those things that, and there's sandwiches pretty much in every cuisine around the world. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting to me because they come in different forms. Like I, I did one not too long ago, uh, Rose Mo, mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. was from China from 200 BC. Um, and it's basically what they do is they create like a little uh, griddled bread. They cut it most of the way through and stuff it with this meat uh, filling that has a lot of spices, uh, warm spices to it because mm. it was created along the spice route, but it is fantastic. Wow. Um, so yeah, it, 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 every, every cuisine seems to have a sandwich or two, at least one or two. Yeah. What would be, uh, I mentioned, uh, the Reuben, it, would that be the, the classic sandwich that people go for in your country? Oh, there's the Reuben. There's the, uh, Kentucky hot Brown, which is uh, a Mornay sauce. Yeah. Uh, tur- turkey, Mornay sauce, uh, tomato, and it's broiled and it's ridiculous and it's delicious. Um, <laughs> bon mis are, are, are pretty popular here, even though that's of course not an American, uh, invention by any stretch. Um, but yeah, Reuben is, is definitely a classic. Yeah. I just got a listener said that, uh, that she has, uh, cheese on pretty much every sandwich that she has, and generally Swiss right. cheese. I mean, it is, in a lot of ways, a, a matter of personal taste. I'm sure some people have really bizarre things on their sandwiches, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, usually I refer to those as grandpa sandwiches because folks yeah. will write in and say, my 
my grandpa made this and it's it's usually like peanut butter tomato and onion oh, you know yeah, like yeah but the thing is if you we need to contextualize that a little bit because uh grandpa was probably eating that during the depression um yes. when there was not a lot of uh choices available yeah so but it's interesting because uh they they will eat them <laughs> the rest of their lives pass <laughs> yeah. them down to their family for better or worse well you know grandpa sandwich and uh, some of my listeners would remember this and again it, it's about you know times being tough uh, after the war not a lot of money around uh we'd have here a, it was stuff called dripping so it, you'd fry up mm. your your eggs and whatever, probably chops and, and bacon in this uh, dripping. It was like a, a lard type thing. And all the juices mm-hmm. would drip into that. And then you'd have that spread uh, as a spread on your on your sandwich the next day. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. That sounds delicious. Well, it, it, it was. <laughs> I, I, if you did it now, they'd, they'd throw you in Heart Foundation jail, I think. <laughs> you, you, yeah. But, you know, and that's it's, the thing. I'm sure a lot of sandwiches were born of necessity. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think it was like, we need to get some food. We need to get some calories. You know, there are a fair amount of uh, sandwiches in the old recipe books are tea sandwiches, too, yeah. uh, which is pretty interesting to me. Like, they're clearly not intended as a lunch or, or meal sandwich. Yeah. Uh, they're intended as a snack or a tea sandwich. Yeah. Well, and I guess, you know, and every mum and dad would say this, sandwiches for school, I mean, they're not going to be too elaborate mm-hmm. because you're probably making them as you're getting the kids ready for school. So here I'm saying, you know, cheese and Vegemite and Devon and tomato sauce and uh, they're yummy anyway. Yep. And they, they come straight out yeah. of the lunchbox and you eat them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or you trade them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that going on. A lot of that went on. Yeah. Um, tell me, uh, uh, how do you select the, uh, I suppose, historical uh, significance as a sandwich for your platform, what you do? Well, I mean, most sandwich recipes that I come across don't have a, a real historical sig- significance. Okay. They're not tied to any specific event. Uh, but what I try to do is bounce around uh, and do different er- different years and different ingredients from day to day. So that way it's not repetitive or boring. Yeah. So I'll do a sandwich from 1917 that features walnuts one day, and I'll do a sandwich from 1946 that, that has a bunch of stuff in it and like bacon and coconut or whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's interesting too. I mean, we've got another thing here, which uh, I, I asked a quiz question about a thing called Anzac biscuits, and they were sent away to the troops during World War One because the ingredients didn't spoil. So I imagine, you know, wars, that sort of thing, hard times financially. Uh, you you have to get creative, especially with uh, with a sandwich. Oh sure, sure, yeah. absolutely. It's uh, it, well, but that's that's the the interesting thing about creativity. It's at, at its uh, highest when you're restricted on what you can do. It's it's a very odd kind of paradoxical situation. I used to be a graphic designer, and that was the that was always the thing that would spur the most creativity is being say, okay, we've got to do this, and we've got to do follow these parameters, and it's like, okay, so what can I do within that? Yeah. Um, so the same thing applies to the sandwich uh, recipes. Yes, and the bread. I mean, that's a very different thing. Again, you know, we've evolved from you know white bread to sliced white bread to to wholemeal to all manner of breads now. The very popular one these days, and, and I have to say, I love it uh, for the taste is is sourdough. So that's evolved too, hasn't it? It has. But you know, back in uh, the, the the day, the old cookbooks call for graham bread entire wheat bread or whole wheat bread, right. um, white bread, rye, uh, Russian rye, brown bread. So, mm. they, I mean, it wasn't just white sandwich bread. Now, white sandwich bread was, of course, the most ubiquitous, 
and most easily accessible. So uh, that one is tends to be the default, but many recipes call for a specific type of bread. Now, sourdough does not make an appearance anywhere in any of these old recipes. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I have not, not seen that mentioned at all. Wow. Yes, I guess it's, it's uh, I guess it's fairly uh, fairly new. But I mean, think about sourdough. That um, uh, I'm just thinking maybe the listeners could help me. Is that generally a sandwich? That tends to be you know a toast where you might put uh, you know like a uh, an egg and avocado on it. I mean, <laughs> smashed avocado. Oh, yeah. On, yeah, smashed avocado could, on toast to be the joke around here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sourdough just means that it's made with a starter um, that's, yeah. you know, that you basically keep feeding and you keep using. Um, so it might be that the breads of old, uh, some of them were sourdoughs. They just didn't call them that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, another listener, yeah. Ray, says, what about fried bacon and avocado? Toasty. Oh, Ray. <laughs> Yeah, with nothing wrong there. No, nothing wrong with that. I fully endorse that. You'll know, see, but we're both sitting here talking about all of these things, and all you want to do is go and make a sandwich. Um, <laughs> it's true. Well, I can't. Um, now, what about this? Um, and I think in in your country, sometimes burgers are called sandwiches. Hot dogs, burgers, bagels, are they sandwiches or not? Oh, mm. crossed into thorny territory. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so. Uh, hamburger, let's, that's the easiest one to get off the list because there are actual recipes that say hamburger sandwich or hamburg sandwich yes. that use the same ingredients. And if you think about it, it, it really meets the technical definition of meat between bread, Yeah. Um, even if it's in a bun. So to me, hamburger, no-brainer, that's a sandwich. Yeah, okay. Bagel, mm. I, you know, some people would argue it's not a sandwich, but I mean, if you put split it in half, you put something between it, to me, that still meets the criteria of something between bread. Yeah. Hot dog. Now, hot dog is where we get interesting. Uh, hot dog to me, <laughs> I've got two answers to is a hot dog a sandwich. The first one is not very satisfying, and that is it is if you want it to be because everything's made up. Yeah. The second one, though, is that uh, it is because of intent. If you look at the hot dog bun, both sides are of equal thickness, but the hinge is very thin. So the hinge is only there to accommodate the uh, tubular meat, if you will, the circular nature of the hot dog. Uh, so to me, a hot dog is intended to be a sandwich. And, you know, many chains, uh, Subway, or not Subway, but uh, many sandwich shops here in the United States, they'll cut the bread and leave a hinge. Right. Same, same concept. Um, so to me, it's a hot dog qualifies as a sandwich. Yeah, hot do- a hot dog with onions and mustard. Yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah, yes. that, we shouldn't be talking about this. Now, according to, to your count, uh, you've eaten a lot of sandwiches, uh, up to a 1,000. Any stick in your mind as being particularly just awful? And what made them awful? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's the yeast sandwich. What? Which called for, a, yeah, the yeah. yeast. It, 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 back, there was a, a time in the, I don't know, 19-teens where Fleshman's Yeast wanted to sell more yeast. And so they, they worked with a, a, a marketing agency to come up with this concept that eating fresh yeast cakes was good for you. It, of course, was not really good for you. It wasn't. A good idea, yeah, no. um, but yeah, yeah, you mix you mix a compressed yeast cake with uh, Worcestershire sauce oh. and put that on to buttered bread, and it was terrible. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So uh, the, the oyster sandwich from the Up to Date Sandwich Book of 1909. I love oysters. I love oysters on the half shell. Mm. Uh, they had us chop up raw oysters, mix it with olive oil and Worcestershire sauce, oh. and put it on buttered bread. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that is the appropriate reaction. What a terrible thing to do to oysters. I love them too. Oh, I know. 
God. Um, Heather, thanks. Another one of my listeners. See, this is this is not good talking about all of this when you can't go and do anything about it. Uh, cream cheese, <laughs> cream cheese, chives, and crispy bacon on a chewy nice. bagel. Says Heather. Oh, Heather. Yeah. Delightful. Nicely done, Heather. Yeah. That's a that's a great combo. Yeah. Richard tells me that sourdough is uh, a bit old and original with the starter lasting for for generations. And yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. But I don't think I've yeah. uh, Richard and, and um, Barry, I don't think I've ever done sourdough as a sandwich. I do it as toast and it's terrific as toast, but um, oh, very popular. Oh, you yeah. Should, yeah. You should try it in a sandwich. I yeah, think good. You'd quite enjoy that. OK. Mm. All right. We did uh, the uh, look. Uh, just before we leave bad sandwiches, is there any way that a particularly bad sandwich can be saved? What can you do to it to save it? Add some sort of sauce, I suppose. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it depends on how bad it is and why it's bad. Like some of them, I just did one recently that was a cottage cheese and an anchovy sandwich, which would have been fine if it was anchovy fillets, but it was anchovy paste and it was way too much oh, of it. Yeah. And there's just nothing you can add to it mm. to save it. Um, I try, I'll try adding tomato, I'll try adding cheese, I'll try adding sauce, but there are some that you just can't say. You can't do it. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, see, the listeners yeah. are coming thick and fast now. Um, ro- <laughs> roast lamb marinated in mint sauce on nice fresh white bread with a fine spread of butter. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Stop it. I mean, that sounds delightful. It yeah. does, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, uh, we've done bad. Um, the best, and why? The of all the so sandwiches me, you've uh, made, what do you reckon was the best? Yeah, it's tough because uh, you know it depends. You made a lot, yeah. On my on my mood, and I've made a lot, but I mean the the Rosemont of uh, China, the two hundred BC, yep, that was fantastic. Yep. Um, the Reuben, of course, I've made is uh, was delicious. Kentucky Hot Brown was delicious. Um, there's a sandwich I made, a sandwich from recent history from this restaurant in New Orleans called Turkey and the Wolf, and it's the tomato sandwich and. I've never been so surprised by a sandwich at how good it, it actually turned out to be. I thought it was going to be good, but it was fantastic. Right. Um, uh, there's a barbecue beef sandwich uh, from 1941 that you basically make a quick barbecue sauce in 10 minutes, and it should not have been as good as it was for being only cooked for 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some surprises, some some. Some good surprises out there. Yeah. By the way, just to, by way of nothing at all, uh, do you know what was in uh, the original uh, sandwich that uh, Earl, the fourth Earl sandwich came up with? What what was on it? My understanding, it was just roast beef. Okay. Yeah. And I don't and I don't mean necessarily the roast beef that we know as the cut. It was just roasted beef. That's it. Yeah. 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 Between yeah. two slabs of bread, it's easy, isn't it? When you think about it. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Yeah. How, how, come it, how come it took till the 18th century to come up with that? Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, next week, uh, as of what Tuesday, Boxing Day, there'll be lots mm. and lots of leftovers. There'll be turkey. There'll be ham. Well, there'll be prawns too. I tell you what, prawns on a sandwich are yummy. Well, you call them shrimp. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah you got you. You can call them prawns. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're nice too. So, yeah. Uh, what do we what do we do with all of this and get creative so that we don't leave the turkey and the ham sitting in the fridge for about two weeks until it goes off? Uh, well, I mean, there's obviously the you can just cram it all together in a sandwich and eat it all in one go. But I mean, I, you know, you look for for contrasting uh, textures or flavors. So if you have something that's rich and fatty, you want something that's bright and acidic or, or that'll pop, that'll uh, kind of punch through. Um, 
you might want to look to other cuisines and see if there are ingredients that you know go with, uh, like say in Thai food, you, you know, peanut butter goes really well as a satay sauce. So of course, can yeah. that be applied? Can that be applied to some leftovers uh, that you have going on? I will say that um, adding the shrimp or prawns, if you will, to a uh, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich is fantastic. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't mentioned it. A, a good old classic BLT. How good's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bacon, that is lettuce, fantastic. And it's, I have not been able to ascertain the origins of that. It seems to have grown out of the club sandwiches that uh, first started appearing in the late 1800s. Um, but I, there's no actual pinpoint that I can I can find for the origin of the BLT. Yeah, right. Well, here's one. Oh, gee, interesting. Uh, peanut butter and grated carrot mm. from one of my listeners. Sure, oh. that works. Yeah, I, I can totally see that working because carrots are sweet. Yeah. Plus, you get a little. Mm. Plus, you get a little bit of a crunch in there. Uh, in addition to the peanut butter, so I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I must say, add when... a little curry. Add a little curry powder to it for a little savory fun. There's a tip, peanut butter and grated carrot with some curry powder on a sandwich. Yeah, great. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Karen's telling me um, about that. These, uh, well, you know, once upon a time, uh, and Karen would know this, uh, you were told in this country that, oh, don't eat too much butter. It's full of fat and it's bad for you. But uh, Karen's saying that lard and tallow and butter and olive oil and ghee uh, are heart and health positive. It's the margarine and seed oils that are dangerous to your health. The saturated fat as opposed to unsaturated. Yes, that's that's true when you take into account anything you're going to put on a sandwich. So, yeah, thank you, Karen, because uh, that's a good point you make because here uh, we were told, oh, butter. No, 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 no. Now, uh, butter's okay and everything else has uh, uh, got a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. We went through that evolution as well. Like uh, most of the, almost all the sandwiches up until about the 1960s or so in these cookbooks call yeah. for buttered bread. And then it just stops. Um, and my guess is that it had something to do with the push for margarine, which of course now we know is not exactly the healthiest stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it, we went through the same evolution here. What about using, um, and uh, you know, I should do it more often because I, I love it, you know, those beautiful French breads like baguettes uh, in a sandwich. Yeah, that acceptable? Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And, and in some cases, mandatory. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because when that come, when that comes out of uh, an oven when it's been freshly baked, oh goodness me, how good is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, the Christmas leftovers on a sandwich. And again, on that topic, by the way, when I was a kid, and you know, you'd watch um, American TV shows, and I'd see that it was very popular to have peanut butter and jelly. And I thought to myself, God, jelly. See, our jelly's different from yours. You, we'd call that jam. Not jelly. So jelly's like a, a wobbly dessert mm-hmm. that you have in a bowl. Uh, whereas, and I thought, uh, oh, peanut butter and, and jam. Until you try, everyone goes, oh, yuck. Until you try it, it's yummy. No, I uh, yeah, no, I I love peanut butter and jam. I mean, uh, peanut butter and jelly is just sort of the catch-all. Yeah, um, right. We do have jelly that you spread on that is intended, but it is also jiggly. Um, and then, but most of the peanut butter and, and jelly sandwiches, at least that I grew up eating, were more peanut butter and jam, specifically strawberry for me, or grape jelly if we were doing jelly. Yeah. But uh, another twist on that, and I know a lot of people are going to recoil in horror at me saying this, is <laughs> peanut butter and dill pickles. Uh, listen, I'm not talking to you. I'm not going to discount anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. But it, I grew up eating those uh, sandwiches, and I still find them delicious. Yeah, right. Oh, what about these? Uh, thank you, John, uh, from Coburg in Victoria. Uh, cheddar cheese, banana, onions, and jalapenos. Wow. 
<laughs> that is quite the combination, John. That's a, that's a combo uh, you got going on there, John. Goodness me. Yeah, I, I mean, don't make, get me wrong. I'd try it, <laughs> but I'd preser- I'm going to reserve judgment until I taste it. Well, now, here's somebody debunking what we're talking about with uh, oysters. He says, this is Peter, if you haven't had a toasted oyster sandwich on the Jaffalion, you haven't lived. Now, do you know what a Jaffalion is? It's like a, how do you make a, a, an enclosed toasted sandwich. I actually do. Yeah, there's yeah. a company here in America that um, made them up until the 1940s called Toastite, and they sent me one. Uh, or somebody has resurrected that company and is making them again. They sent me one. I haven't used it yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. But it, yeah, so raw oysters in a toasty. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Huh. Oh, uh, uh, well, yeah. well, it, 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 he's saying we haven't lived until we've tried it. Toasted oyster sandwich yep. with on the Jaffalon. You haven't lived, says Peter. Okay. Well, I'm right. looking forward to living, so I might have to try it. Well, we might have to. Um, here's another one along the same lines. This is, um, you guys are very creative. Uh, what about some mature cheddar with grated carrot and my mum's homemade egg mayonnaise? Salt and pepper mixed well and applied to soft bread. The best, says Jess. Wow. And Jess is yeah, saying, I, I want that working. Yeah, Jess is saying, I want one now. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to try that now as well. I'm I'm, I'm going to find a really long song, I think, mate, and uh, you head out to the kitchen after this is over. <laughs> a really long song, and uh, yes. listeners have made the point. Uh, what about some of the bizarre things that Elvis used to put on his sandwiches? I don't know that it was all that bizarre, really, was it? No, not not. I mean, it, it was not the healthiest, but it was no. not. Uh, it was not bizarre like one misconception though is that elvis's uh, favorite sandwich had peanut or had um bacon in it and actually it was just peanut butter and banana fried in butter now he did have other sandwiches like that that he liked with fried potato and bacon or uh the yeah, fool's gold yeah. sandwich which was peanut butter jam and bacon um but the original the, the actual elvis sandwich there's a youtube on youtube there's a bbc documentary where they interview his uh his his cook who created the sandwich yeah, for right. him uh, from back in the 70s it's uh pretty interesting but it's they're they're all delicious they're just not the healthiest uh, no and uh the king god bless him he did put on uh, a kilo or two in the latter days didn't he, mm. he really did <laughs> yes, he yeah did. now the one um oh here's another one goodness me listeners are very good well yes uh this is a classic this one uh Pulled pork and all the sauce variants from across the United States. Pulled pork is terrific uh, yes. on a sandwich, isn't it? Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Give me that and uh, some uh, some barbecue sauce and some dill pickles. Done. Oof, yeah, it's done. Good stuff. Pe- crunchy peanut butter and slices of apple. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent, excellent recommendation. Yeah, and uh, Kaz has brought up a memory for me until the age of about nine. We used to go to the bakery every morning and get the, the fresh bread. Yeah, even before it was sliced, uh, we used to do that. We really did. And I, in the old days before they sliced the bread for you, we used to buy these loaves of white bread and you could break them in half, if you know what I mean. There was a core around the middle of it. They caught it, break it in half, and you'd rip out the beautiful and a just baked bread and it was still warm. You'd whip, whip out the oh, dough right. from the middle and then bought, pour hot French fries into the casing and eat that. That sounds fantastic. Did you put gravy or anything? Oh, yeah, sure. And, it, I mean, that wouldn't be recommended by the Heart Foundation, but there you go. 
<laughs> I don't work for the Heart Foundation. No, neither do I. I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Um, now, <laughs> that's terrific, mate. Just a, another thing, too. I saw you made a video with uh, with the Simpsons writing legend Bill Oakley. Uh, did uh, yeah. did you, you guys try it? And I don't uh, don't know if we do that this here. Steamed hams? <laughs> What's so that? Yeah, he, uh, he, he wrote that. Uh, the fame famous steamed hams uh, skit um, <laughs> for the Simpsons involving principal Skinner and, and superintendent Chalmers. Yeah, right. um, and uh, he just basically named that uh, it's, it's not, I would not say it's something that uh, is actually a thing here. Steamed hams. Um, it has become a thing. Uh, it has been made a thing because Bill manifested it <laughs> into existence. Um, but yeah, Bill's great. Well, here, uh, and I say, you know, I say my family are not big fans, and I must say because they're not big fans, I, I don't go there at Christmas time with with ham or with turkey. But I think they tend to be smoked here, wouldn't they be? Um, yeah, yours I mean, are too. I, they can be smoked, uh, deep fried. They could be baked in an oven, roasted. Um, they all manner of preparation uh, are on the table for for holidays. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, John, uh, my mate up in Newcastle, said uh, he has BLT gyros for dinner every Friday night as a bit of a treat. There you go. BLT gyros. Wow, okay. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very creative, aren't they? The listeners? Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, Believe me, I I see it on a daily basis in my comment section. People have uh, unbelievably great uh, imagination when it comes to food. Yeah, they do. Um, and it's a good point, too, that Debrilla's making. As the baby boomers uh, after World War II, we only ate butter. Probably lucky because I heard that there's a higher risk of getting eye problems as you age from eating any of the other stuff. Well, you know, in our house, uh, I don't know whether that we ever left it. Oh, we, well, we did, actually. We sort of bought uh, the, the fallacy and went with, you know, olive oil spread. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But we're going back to, mm. to butter. And, I mean, butter's just a, it's a, it's just a magnificent thing, isn't it? It really is, as long as, you oh, don't, as, long as you're not it, silly and eat too much of it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And you get good butter that tastes good. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. There you go. Peanut butter, pickled onion, and cheese. Oh, yes, that's a classic. Yeah. That's a, that oh, is a classic. Interesting. Yeah, peanut butter, like pickled idea. onion and cheese. That's a fascinating subject, isn't it? Now, um, other than sandwiches, and, and thanks so much to Barry for spending so much time with us. It's great fun talking to you. It is. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. You're also passionate about uh, potato chips and ice cream, but not together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Oh, why but, not? Uh, no, yeah. yes, I, I do like uh, both of those as well. I like food. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that, that that thing about doing something with the leftovers because, you know, you can be really creative if you've got a hell of a... And you generally do have, don't you, after Christmas or uh, for you, after Thanksgiving as well. You you overdo it and you think, oh, well, I'll put that in the fridge. and But, uh, you know, eat, use it, eat it, get a bit creative and uh, come up with a sandwich of your own, hey? There's a good idea. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah. Have fun with it. Now, potato chips... By the way, yeah. have you had, uh, and I know you're big on them over there, have had any of ours, uh, our, our Australian potato chips? And if you have, what stood out? I have. I've had, I've reviewed about, um, probably about 30 to 40 different chips and snacks from Australia Yeah. Uh, over the, over the years. And, you know, I, Red Rock Deli uh, uh-huh. is a yeah. brand that st- stands out to me because their flavors are, are complex and delicious and well-balanced and you can still taste the potatoes and they're kettle cooked. So they've got a good crunch to them. They're nice and thick the skin on. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're really impressive. Smith 
uh, you know, has some interesting flavors. If the, you know, the potatoes are not quite as interesting uh, or flavorful on their, uh, you know, in the background, but they're, they have some interesting, good flavors. Oh, gee, you have uh, researched, haven't you? Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Cause, because uh, I'm a bit of a, an old traditionalist, uh, it's always Smiths that we buy. But I, I know Red Rock and, and Kettle are, are very good, but we buy Smiths. Or maybe uh, we just got to get outside the box and try something, something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Smiths are solid. I mean, they, they there's nothing wrong with Smiths. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to uh, disparage no, them no, in any no, way. No. But the, Red Rock, the Red Rock Delis are the ones that left a last, lasting impression for me. Yes, and haven't they haven't they evolved? I mean, you can get you know cracked pepper and lime and all sorts of weird and wonderful flavors oh, in, pota- in potato potato roasted chicken. chicken yeah, roasted chicken and thyme, uh, soy oh. honey. Yeah, yeah, like the, there's there's some and there's there's just some great flavors coming out, uh, and much more interesting than the unfortunate slate of flavors that we have here in the United States, which are boring. Uh, yeah. So is your Jack cheese, by the way. That's boring. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, you agree with me? It's a, it's a good melting cheese. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, usually, it's usually best used, I think, in uh, concert with other cheeses that bring more yeah, flavor right. to the party. Yeah, right. Well, there's a, there's a good one. There's nothing wrong with potato chips on, on a sandwich either. No, not at all. No. I actually do that from time to time. I'll plus up a sandwich on Sandwiches of History with potato chips that I reviewed over on uh, In the Chips with Barry. Yeah. Yeah, and Trev says, here's an Aussie classic for you, and it is. You know, hot chips and tomato sauce on a sandwich. It's just, well, that's my theory about my old uh, my old loaf of bread. It's the same thing. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, but, good. mate, it's, it's just been a delight talking to you and fun too. And thank you, listeners, for all of your uh, wonderful recipes. That's, uh, you've given me a few ideas too, let me tell you. Especially, well, especially I have to say, the turkey, soft cheese. I'm thinking maybe like a, a brie or a camembert and uh, cranberry sauce. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, nice. That, that's perfect. You've got yeah. a richness, you've got a tartness, you've got sweetness, yeah. and you've got a, a nice uh, meat at the base of it. That's fantastic. All right. Now, uh, you, from the horse's mouth, tell my listeners where they can find you on TikTok. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. So, Sandwiches of History. Uh, I'm on, actually, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Reddit. Wonderful. Yeah. And you're just Sandwiches of History. If they looked that up, they'd find you. Uh, I, I hope so. <laughs> no, I'm, yes, no, I'm sure they will. At, at uh, Sandwiches of History. Barry Endwick, yeah. it's been a real joy to talk to you and, and have a lovely Christmas. And thank you so much for joining us and spending so much time. I had a blast, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope you have a, a wonderful Christmas and Happy New Year. And you. Thank you, mate. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 